Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to have the best beauty tips, learn about a new dinosaur, and then discuss the top five things we hate doing but have to do anyway. But everyone just, I think the best way to describe it, I guess, would be that everyone looks very human and normal compared to photos you see online. Even of the most gussied up celebrity in person, they totally look like a normal human being. The most expensive does not always mean the best, and the cheapest does not always mean the worst. You know, like the last rapid, like the real ones are little, and they're from the Cretaceous. They're like 65 million years old. The one that we found is like the Velociraptor's distant cousin. It's 145 million years old. But it happens once, but taxes happen twice a year, and they're thousands of dollars. That's not true. Taxes don't happen twice a year. What are you doing? Winter and summer taxes, you don't have to pay both? No. What are you doing? Sometimes you just you just have to go hard. doesn't matter what day of the week. Every, every, every day is Friday. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like download subscribe share we really appreciate it it really helps us out if you're new to this podcast we usually only have one big guest this time we're going to have two so we're going to jump right into it our first guest is celebrity makeup artist misty taylor she has some great beauty tips some great tips on how you can save money on makeup and if you're not really interested in that necessarily I think it's still fascinating to listen to her because she has a really interesting perspective on why beauty is so important to us and the lengths that people will go to to get it. How did you become a makeup artist? Well, I had started doing cosplay and building my own costumes kind of forever. And I started doing some video game hosting and the two worlds really overlapped pretty um regularly actually so then after doing that for a few years i and working on sets i decided to go to makeup school here in la um as uh, some other skill to offer something else i enjoy and to learn more about it in a professional sense and so i've been doing makeup for about five years now now do you do mostly kind of what I guess I would consider like glamour makeup kind of stuff where you're making somebody look good for the camera or are you doing a lot of like transformational look like something completely different like it the clown or that kind of stuff I do actually sometimes get to do fun stuff like that as well a lot of what I focus on is beauty makeup because there is always a woman who needs to look good for the camera every day in LA so it's very easy to keep that that part packed. Um, but I do get to work on some fun transformations. Last year at TwitchCon, I got to turn Dice Camera Action into all their D&D characters, um, which was a lot of fun. One was a vampire. and So it, it is a mixed bag, actually. Do you like one more? I actually like both a lot. I think they're both equally fun. How does that kind of work out as a celebrity makeup artist? Do you, does it? Do they plan ahead, or do you just get a phone call, or kind of walk me through that process? Pretty much everything's word of mouth for sure here, and sometimes you can get a very last minute phone call, but typically it's planned out in advance. Um, sometimes it can be a few days' notice. Sometimes it can be a few months if it's a specific event they know is coming up. 
it just kind of all depends on the client. You're definitely freelance and at the whim of other people's schedules. So you have to be very flexible. Does it mostly getting people ready for events or is it for movies or TV shows? It's really a mix of both. Luckily, here in L.A., there are everything from small school productions, YouTube productions, high-end movies, high-end magazines, high-end events. So a lot of what I do, typically, um, I do a lot of music videos, uh, do a lot of short films, um, not feature-length songs, and I do a lot of events as well, and a lot of twitch and gaming related shows as as well how has it changed over since you got into it well i definitely got into it as youtube was kind of as on camera um as youtube was starting so watching that switch and then going into makeup and watching it evolve i would say now the productions compared to five years ago are much more streamlined they're much more figured out as traditional sets would run so they tend to flow very smooth um i actually really like working on digital content as is what is classified when it comes to um if you're referring to the makeup union or anything like that they have tiers is most of it training or educational based or do you kind of just learn as you go it can be a mix of both. There's really two different paths. You can go self-learned. You don't actually have to have a license or any formal education to do makeup, uh, even on set. I personally chose to go through a three-month program just because I knew what to do on my face, but it gives you the opportunity to get a lot of practice in on different faces, different colors. How competitive of a, of a field is it? It is a very competitive field, especially in LA, because it's really kind of the one hub where you can do this job professionally and get higher rates versus if you lived, you know, somewhere in the middle of Kansas, your only makeup might be a couple weddings a year. So it is very competitive and things like Instagram and influencers with makeup have changed a lot of the landscape as well. So it kind of is in flux sometimes because someone who can do their face every day really well on their Instagram may not know how to actually do makeup for set or for standing long hours or, you know, makeup that can hold up under intense lighting. So they're, it's very competitive and sometimes do you make a pretty comfortable living or is it scratching by? It can be either. If um, starting out, usually a lot of people have to do trade work for free on student films to get some experience under their belt, get some contacts. Um, I see on average starting out would be a $300 a day rate, maybe $2,350. Uh, the extra 50 including your kit fee to cover the expenses of you have to bring your own makeup, your own supplies, everything. And... You can go all the way up to $1,000 a day. If you're working on a commercial shoot or you're someone's personal, which would be, you know, like Margot Ruby's personal makeup artist, um, she could probably be three to four grand a day. So it really just depends on, you know, like entertainment in every facet, luck, meeting the right people at the right time, and skill. If you make a considerable living or if it's just a fun hobby. When you kind of started out, was it pretty easy necessarily? Did you get off to a good start or did you have frustrations going forward? My first job after I finished makeup school was actually for Marvel and Gillette. But I had been an on-camera host for video games for probably five years prior to that. So I had a pretty large network of production contacts. So it was I felt very lucky to transition pretty easily. You know, people don't always need someone on camera, but... They always need makeup, so it's much easier to keep that steady. I've always wondered, like, wh when you talk about some of the big-name celebrities, whether that's on social media, influencers, or movies and TV, what do they look like before the makeup? Everybody's different. You know, it is it is amazing the differences sometimes you see on a photo online versus in person. And a lot of times that person has no control over what's been photoshopped out of that photo either or to look cleaned up. Um, most of the time people have very nice, fresh skin. You know, their job is to look good or to continue and look the way they are. So most celebrities tend to maintain that pretty well. I can't say there's been anyone that's really dramatically different 
you know, outside of building a character on them without makeup, you know, everyone pretty, there are occasions where people have bad skin and they take care of it as well as they can, but it just happens. But everyone just, I think the best way to describe it, I guess, would be that everyone looks very human and normal compared to photos you see online. Even of the most gussied up celebrity in person, they totally look like a normal human being. Do you ever kind of feel responsible for that in the sense that like people might have this completely unrealistic expectation of what people look like? You know, like you see people on social media and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't look like that. Do you ever feel responsible for that or is it just a job? I would say that's more on the trickle down to the editors because makeup can only makeup is a practical effect. So there's no CGI added in, there's no digital anything. So it's something you can recreate in real life and you can wash that off or take that off. But adding when you add in Photoshop, I think that completely changes everything and I I don't feel like I can be responsible for that because people have been wearing makeup for thousands of years for self-expression, for where you fall in class, for a million different reasons. But Photoshop has made that completely a different. And it's actually frustrating as a makeup artist sometimes because you can do a specific look on someone, but then someone throws it through a filter on Photoshop and completely changes the makeup you actually did. And then you end up with a photo you can't even use for your portfolio because someone else has airbrushed it so far that it doesn't, there's no texture in the skin. I can kind of understand that. Like makeup is making kind of you your best you, but some of that stuff is completely changing what you even look like with the filters and the... Completely changing eye shapes, mouth shapes, plastic surgery in an app, essentially. Somebody wouldn't be surprised if you're like, oh my god, that's what that person actually looks like? It's not that big of a drastic difference? I think people would be just surprised how human people look. In a culture that idolizes celebrities and we look at them as these flawless human beings, when you interact with people, um, those people for work, you're like, wow, this is really refreshing. These people don't look anything like that. Like, even in film and movies, lighting, you don't even need an app. Lighting can completely change the way a person looks. And you can actually blow out a lot of those imperfections with the correct lighting. So when you just see someone in natural, normal, day-to-day life, it I think it's hopeful and refreshing. And I do like that a lot of celebrities are more into sharing their unedited photos. I work as a news broadcaster for my day job. And I've had situations where I've been next to my coworker in a meeting, my co-anchor in a meeting without the makeup and without the lighting, and I didn't know who they were. Yeah, I mean, that can happen. It depends on someone's personal choice of makeup. Is there a huge difference in makeup quality between the Walmart brand and like the, the most expensive stuff? There actually is a significant difference in quality depending on what tier, but the most expensive does not always mean the best and the cheapest does not always mean the worst. Things like Pond's cold cream, which have been around for decades, great for skincare, simple ingredients. Um, CeraVe is also affordable one. Then you go up to lines like Makeup Forever or Chanel and Dior. They do have significant changes in coverage compared to CoverGirl or Revlon sold at a drugstore. And it's really a, where it's manufactured changes a lot of that. A lot of makeup is manufactured in China. Um, so they'll increase mica content, essentially the fillers in makeup. So mica is like a colorless powder that will be added to eyeshadows or, um, you know, loose powders for the face to kind of water them down, essentially, which is why usually people mention coverage being less of cheaper makeups and higher than others. But there are brands that are competing on a um, lower level price-wise so that people can experience great pigmentation um, with their colors on a budget to really learn about makeup. But when it comes to professional makeup, you know, if I'm doing something for a red carpet or a movie, I'm not going to use those drugstore brands. I might use a color pencil or something simple. But when it comes to foundations and stuff, they just don't have the right ingredients to hold up for the wear. 
and they tend to oxidize. Uh, you know, sometimes when people mention they get a foundation and then it turns orange later, cheaper makeups tend to do that with oxidation. If you were going to recommend something to somebody, like a product, what would you recommend that's reasonably priced and pretty good? Like, look, this is the good value stuff. I've seen if you're going to go on, on the lower end and get some great stuff. Wet n' Wild is great. Milani, um, Neutrogena, those are all really great bases to start with. And Revlon actually has some pretty high-pigmented colors and some cream eyeshadows that have wonderful pigmentation. And no matter what, across the board, favorite mascara, still L'Oreal Voluminous. I use that on set. I use that with every client. It Mascara is actually the one product that's pretty similar across the board, no matter the price. When you see people who aren't professionals doing their makeup, you know, the average woman, some men, I guess, what mistake do they generally make? I think the thing that most people get stuck in is getting stuck in a look for a longer time than say you know a trendy look that was a trend 20 years ago and then it wasn't really necessarily built around their face so it may not look flattering i think people just getting in the habits of not updating their looks not trying new things and not keeping new things in the mix you ever seen a real disaster oh yes <laughs> of course you know you definitely i think the most disasters come from eyebrows a lot those can be pretty messy and it's you you don't give anyone advice unless they ask for it and mascaras that one where you know the the saying of tarantula eyes when people coat on mascara so much it looks like spider legs then it just falls around their face and yeah, there's definitely some pretty bad makeup. <laughs> Have you ever just said anything to somebody like, "Look, you got to you got to do something here." <laughs> no, sadly, I have not, but I have definitely really wanted to. Do you think that they would appreciate the advice or be mad about it? I mean, if you said you were like, "Look, I do this professionally." I think it would definitely depend on the person, you know, even if it was a stranger reading their body language, seeing if they would be receptive to that. Some, like, once, you know, I'm my friends, they're always asking me for makeup tips, and they're always, they want to watch me do my makeup or watch them do their makeup and tell them what they do right and wrong. And I think makeup for a lot of people is a personal thing, so you need, you know, maybe have coffee first before you suggest what their makeup makeover should be to make them look better and point out what they're not necessarily doing correctly. You're not just going to yell at it from across the street, lighten up on the blush or something like that? Just internally screaming. <laughs> what do you think about some of the people who do it on YouTube? Like do the makeup tutorials on YouTube. Do they know what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some that know what they're doing for that specific thing. But doing makeup for YouTube and displaying, like, product use is much different than doing it for a set or applying applications or, you know, having having to do all of that. So there are two different things. I know a lot of makeup artists that are set makeup artists, union makeup artists, are not the biggest fans of Instagram and YouTube makeup artists. I personally think it's great. I think makeup is a fun form of expression, and not everyone lives close to a place where they can have access to the education for makeup or the experience for it. And I, I myself, is from Kentucky, so I wouldn't have been able to learn these skills had I not you know, got my initial interest from YouTube back in 2009 because my mother didn't really wear makeup, so there was no base for me to learn from. And I think that anything that shares creativity and ideas, and I've seen great tips on YouTube, and I really love the body positive movement on YouTube and, um, you know, inspiring women of all sizes that they can play with makeup and have fun with it. You used to be a video game host? Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, uh, originally I used to do video game coverage. What specifically any video games, or was it just in general? Um, in general, for Machinima, I hosted different events, or um, did different segments. Uh, I was in a video game called Rise of the Triad. I would I'd host different live streams back when they were on YouTube before Twitch existed. <laughs> it was a while ago. 
Is that been interesting to see how that has changed? Because now I feel like that's almost taking over. Yeah, Twitch has really changed everything. And now Twitch even has Twitch IRL. So there are people that are doing makeup tutorials on Twitch now. YouTube has definitely changed a lot. The landscape's changed a lot. I think a lot of people have made the move to Twitch. Are you ready for the hard questions? Yes. Do you get all the good gossip? Definitely get some pretty good gossip. Uh, As a hairstylist, you know, I'm kind of like a therapist doing makeup, too. We all get the the juicy gossip when the day starts. Is there kind of a code? Like, do they know that you're not going to share anything? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely assumed. You know, that's, that's why, you know, personally... I really would like to be someone's personal makeup artist because that is, you know, a one-on-one client. You do all their events. You really get to know their face. Um, But I also like the idea of, like, the friendship that evolves from doing that. Uh, So there is a lot of trust. You know, anything you say on set, anything is expected to stay there and not passed around. Can you give us one good piece without any names? I don't think I have any juicy gossip right now. Okay. <laughs> no, not right now. <laughs> Who is the most famous person? Who's the most the person that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this? It's always hard to think that. I know I'm always supposed to have that one ready to go. <laughs> everyone always asks because there's the you know the celebrities that everyone knows that's famous are your personal like, well, that was really cool. Um, Let's see, I guess Jessica, I was about to say her name from True Blood, but uh, Debra Ann Wall, um, Matthew Lillard, uh, Joe Mangiello, Henry Curzon, Lily Collins. Um, It kind of disappears like a normal day at work after so long. You're like, oh, yeah, I did do your makeup. Um, Taryn Manning, Nick Cannon. Um, but my favorite as like my own personal thought it was very interesting. I did get to do makeup on one of the temptations and I thought that was really cool. Have you ever really screwed up? Um, I mean, as an artist, of course I feel like that. There's always that perpetual, like, Oh, I could do one more thing. I could add a little more of this. I could do that, you know, change it, make it better. I think, fortunately, I can't think of any meltdowns that I've really screwed up. Or maybe I have and I've just blocked it out because it was so bad. But I, I don't think, I can't think of any time I've really, like, screwed it. Because there is a lot of pressure with the shows I work on record live. So there's not a lot of room for error beforehand. So I think I just got it down to an art so far. <laughs> Favorite video game. Favorite video game ever would be Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember the original one. I can never participate, uh-huh. like, partition them into different ones. Three was when you played as Jill Valentine or Leon. And uh, could you play as Leon? Or maybe you only could play as Jill. I always played as Jill, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but you had um, you were going through Raccoon City, so it was almost like the city was a bunch of mazes because you were going through alleys. And Nemesis was this monster that got injected with the T virus that they actually showed in the first movie at the end and the beginning of the second movie. That was actually from the third game. Um, so you have that big monster that looks kind of like the Toxic Avenger on steroids chasing you, and that's the whole game until you get to the end, and there's like the big action sequence to get out of the city and get on the helicopter. I do remember the Nemesis character. Yeah. Maybe I just blocked it out because Leon is like the worst video game character name I've heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if Leon's a playable character in that or not, but I always, Jill Valentine's the lead in it. And it was, it's very fun because you're like going through the city and like going through empty businesses and like snooping around and it's like the, the suspense of the first game. Yeah, just the name Leon ruins the whole thing for me. <laughs> like, who are you going to be, Leon? Like, no, I yeah, don't want right. to be. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'll be Leon. <laughs> will some, will some makeup artists get like sponsorships from makeup companies? Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, is that pretty lucrative, or is that like the the big goal? Like sponsorships, not like we'll give you free stuff. Sponsorships, like we're gonna pay you money. The pay you money part is less often. Um, you might get paid a flat rate to like model a product, but most sponsorships are in product because they want you know if you are you know you write them letter. I'm working on this SAG production. This is the client, the actors that are in it. Um, they'll want their product to be used by celebrities, so they'll end up sending you. You know, it, it could be hundreds to thousands of dollars of products, so it's really worth it because essentially then you don't have to pay for your own product, which saves you a lot of money because you don't have to just buy one foundation. You have to buy 12 to 20 foundations. So the sponsorships and in, in product definitely are wonderful. Is it something that a lot of people get into just because they like makeup or are some people trying to turn this into something else? I think... Honestly, most people just really enjoy makeup because the income options can really vary. You really kind of get in it because you love doing it. Mostly, mostly what men or mostly, well, mostly women or mostly men? Oh, it's, it's actually a pretty fair mix. Um, back in the fifties, actually only men were allowed to be makeup artists, but in the past 20 years, that's changed a lot. But most of the most prolific makeup artists were men because it was a male-dominated field, and women weren't allowed in the union, and now they are. And, uh, I, yeah, I have to say it's actually 50-50. That seems kind of amazing to me that most of them were originally men. Like- I know. I, I thought that was really interesting to learn about, that you know, when the studios controlled everything, you know, the 30s, 20s, and before, you know, MGM contracting actors and stuff, uh, women really didn't have a role in Hollywood or on set, you know, just like as getting director positions or DP positions, editing positions, audio positions, any position on set. It's like all fields that women have had to make a lot of strides to get on there. And I thought it was really interesting to find out Marilyn Monroe's makeup artist, her personal makeup artist was a man. I want to thank Misty so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we've linked to her on our social media accounts. We're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. She's got way more beauty tips on her Instagram and on the RSS feed that's on this podcast. You can also find a link to her new podcast as well. Our next guest is going to be a familiar voice. One of our first episodes, we talked with a dinosaur hunter. Somebody went out and actually found the bones of the dinosaurs, cleaned up the fossils, gets them ready, all that kind of stuff. Well, Levi Schenkel is now back with us because he has helped find a new dinosaur. And when I say new, I mean new as in a brand new dinosaur that we didn't even know existed before. So last time we talked, you hinted about a new dinosaur. Now you can kind of talk about it. What, what did you guys find? So we found what would be one of the oldest raptors from, like, Jurassic Park. You know, like, the velociraptor. Like, the real ones are little. And they're from the Cretaceous. They're, like, 65 million years old. The one that we found is, like, the velociraptor's distant cousin. It's 145 million years old. Wow. And it's it's one of the more complete ones known for more than just teeth. So the difference, like, does this have a different name? What's the name of it? It does. The name of it is Hesperoornithoides mesleri. That rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's certainly not a mouthful, is it? So how is it kind of different than other ones, the other ones that are similar to it? Well, it's it's much older. So it's the, the, the features are much more, uh, would be the word I'm looking for. They're not as defined as they are in the other animals. Can you kind of see the, the evolution of the animal just through the, through the fossil record? Oh, yeah. We, uh, the display we put on, we actually have it up against, uh, some, uh, pictures of skeletons of the other ones. So you can look at the, the similarities and the differences. So, like, the Velociraptor's got a much longer snout, whereas this one's got a much shorter head, longer legs, things like that. Where did you guys find it? Kind of walk me through the process of how you figured out that it was a new animal. So, this was first found in the early 2000s. In the, uh, it's found in the same quarry as our Supersaurus, which is also part of, a, like, the really cool story. Like, Wyoming's biggest dinosaur. And our smallest dinosaur were found like three inches apart. Wow. That's crazy. But, uh, oh, it's, it's something you don't find very often to find something that big and that small in the same area. When, like the size difference, how big of a size difference are we talking about? A uh, hundred and five feet versus three feet long. And those would have existed around the same time? Yeah. 
That's in, that's in, I mean, how does that kind of blow your mind? Like, I mean, we're talking about. No, it's definitely hard to wrap your mind around to think of something that big and that small to coexist together, and then to be able to find them together is just it's it's um you know it's never been done before. We've never never really found anything that small and that big in the same quarry before. Realizing that this was something completely different, how did that come about? Well, they first thought it was a pterosaur, like a flying reptile. And so they did some more prep work, and they got down into it, and they, they, it wasn't that. So then it was, well, what is this? And our our museum paleontologist actually wrote his master's thesis on this, and that's how it got its name and all of that. And then just a couple weeks ago, the official like scientific description was published, where it went through and we compared all these characters to different animals and put it in its in its place in the family tree. I think it was found in the early 2000s, so it's been almost a 20-year process to get this from start to finish. Is that normal, or did that take unusually I long? I think it takes unusually long. It, once the, like, the master's thesis was done, it was like, hey, let's do this, let's get this done, and then other projects happened. And it just kind of got pushed to the back burner, and then it got pushed a little further back, and other things took precedent because we weren't, weren't always sure what it was, if it was as new as we thought it was, or where it fit until we actually started writing the paper and we realized how significant it was. So in terms of like what our knowledge about dinosaurs, how does finding a new one, like how does that change things that we've known before? So it, it helps us understand how, how they evolve. You see the more basal, the more under, under evolved, I guess, species compared to the other, the more evolved species. You can see the similar characteristics and it kind of helps us understand how certain functions evolve. Like a lot of it, a lot of this will help us understand the evolution of flight. Because these these are the dinosaurs that eventually evolved into birds. Could you see any of the kind of early precursors with that one? I'm not sure if it's that far in this one. I mean, we're definitely sure it was feathered, but it was probably it was probably running around on the ground a lot, like you would like a like an emu or a chick or a, uh, an ostrich. So it's, it's flightless. I said, but it looks it looks a lot like a bird. What was this like for you to be involved in this? It was. Unreal. I mean, to be able to, to lend anything to it. You know, I was able to uh, help out with the research team by doing photographs and have those published in the paper. Those were picked up by, like, National Geographic, the Smithsonian, things like that. So, personally, that's, that's like, really cool to have your work published in those kind of, kind of venues. I want to thank Levi so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we've got links to him on our social media accounts, Profoundly Pointless, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There you can find some more pictures of this dinosaur, it's really kind of cool because you think of them as being these huge, massive creatures. But in reality, a lot of them were actually pretty small. And if you want to listen to the whole episode with Levi Schinkel and what really goes into finding fossils and preserving them and studying them, that's, that's still probably one of our best episodes. It's called Digging Up Dinosaurs, and I think it's our 12th episode. In that, John Shull also reveals the startling revelation that he thinks the Mazda Miata is a good car and that he doesn't believe in dinosaurs. All right, so now let's go ahead and give John Shull a call, who for some reason just went really hard at it drinking-wise in the middle of the week. I think there's probably some sort of story there. Why'd you go hardcore drinking this week? Like in the middle of the week, why'd you go at it so hard? Sometimes you just you just have to go hard. Doesn't matter what day of the week. Every 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 day is Friday. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, why did you do it specifically this time? Well, you know, Nick, I'm married. I have a newborn baby. I mean, I can think of a few a few other reasons. I'm sure. Well, that those are all reasons not to do it. I, I think it's all relative. I think it's all how, how you look at it. Sometimes I wouldn't say that I that I went hardcore drinking. I don't know what what makes you think that. You said you had four doubles in the space oh, of two. Well, like I mean, doubles are I mean four drinks pretty much. You know, that's not four drinks. That's eight drinks. I mean, well, but but then you have to play the math. Like I'm bigger than the average person, so is a double really a double for me? Hmm. What are you weighing right now? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know, but I would say I'm probably around 275 right now. Okay, so that's 290. I would say the, <laughs> Come on. 
up. The average ma- <laughs> What's the average male weight? It's probably around 200 pounds right now. Oh, you think so? Maybe not. I bet the Okay, let's say the average male weight is 175. So you're wow, you are pretty close to almost double. Not really. Yeah. You're like 1.5. Yeah, like a man and a half, physically sized, <laughs> not from any sort of definition of manliness, but from a purely physical size standpoint, yes. So because you weigh 120 pounds, does that mean you're only like 0.75 of a man? I'm actually probably right at 187. So you're at 214 then. Yeah, I'm cracking it. I feel like I should crack 200 just to see what it's like because I would basically be a square block at 200 pounds. Have you ever cracked 200? No. Not 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 unless we're talking about women that I've hooked up with. <laughs> I've thought about trying to get to 300 just, just to see. You should do it. We'll have a contest. I'll totally sponsor it. Um, speaking of physical appearance, have you ever worn makeup? Uh, no, actually. I don't think I've – well, like for Halloween costumes, I think, but never – Never for any other reason that I can think of. What if you looked really good? Would you do it? What kind of makeup are we talking about here? Like makeup to make me look better as a man or as an, an, another, uh, you know, like a female? Like what are we talking about? I don't think there's any way that you could look better as a female. I mean, not – look, <laughs> I just don't think you have – you don't have the facial structure for it. Who do you think looks better as a woman, me or you? That's a really awkward question to ask. Um we both have young faces, I think. It's neither of us can grow facial hair for shit. No, I agree. I can grow a decent def- mustache, actually. I definitely have a rounder face. Yeah, that's a positive for you. Um, I don't know. That'd be a tough one. I, I guess I've never thought about you or I as a woman before. You've never taken. You've never no. taken one of those pictures where you look like a woman. No, the face filters or whatever, or whatever they're called. No, I've never, I've never done that. I'm going to go ahead and brag and say that I have had somebody take a picture of me as a woman with one of those. I looked pretty damn good. <laughs> so if if you were you and you saw yourself as a woman, would you try to pick yourself up? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's confident. No, I mean because I don't have like – I mean nobody would look at me and think, oh, is that a man or a woman? But – I don't have the manliest of features, so I I would make a pretty good-looking woman. I'd probably look at myself and be like, that's a big woman right there. Yeah, you would. Lots of, <laughs> lots of junk in the trunk. <laughs> that, that woman's ass weighs as much as my legs do. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, look, we're moving fast through this today. Are you ready for your segment? Wow, we are moving fast. Uh yeah, we can get to it. Um, you weren't prepared at all, were you? I am prepared. I I actually think I have three great questions for you um, that you're probably going to find stupid, but I'm I'm ready. So if you're ready, let's uh, let's okay. get to it. Let me set this. Let's let, let's set the scene here right now. When you get ready for your segment, do you have do you have a piece of paper? Do you have a notepad? What are you doing? I uh, I usually have everything on a word like in Microsoft Word. You have it on a computer? Yeah, is that bad? No, that's just way more preparation. I mean, it's, it's shocking in the sense that you do that much preparation and yet are so unprepared. I well, I wouldn't say well, you're the only one that says I'm unprepared. What's uh, the name I of have, the, what do you do? You save it or do you just type it up? Yeah, I call it uh, you know profound, profoundly pointless notes. Whatever you know, whatever day that we record, so every Sunday and then the, the date. Wow, do you save it so each file is a different file, or do you have one master file and then just keep adding to it? Nope, I have a, I have its own folder and it, it's everything saved. Wow, does it have a year? How organized is the folder? I mean, I, I have it goes back to I think last August, I think. Okay, so let me. Are you have like profoundly pointless? Then you click on that folder, then it opens up a 2018 a 2019 folder. Are you that level of organized, or do you stop uh, at just the one folder? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just stuck at the one folder. I'm sorry. Okay. That's not going to cut it, man. We're now in two years. I think you need to add another folder. Do you even keep uh, complete records? Do you even have a record book? Uh, I do have a notepad that I – see, I'm super, super anal retentive though. So I'll you write do love up, anal. That's true. 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to. That was, that was a good one. All right. <laughs> I wonder how many people listening to this are now wondering if he means like, do I love to give or do I love to receive or do I love both? <laughs> Actually, when I said it, I, I, I immediately thought to myself, should I have made it clear if he liked to be the giver or the or the receiver? How would you feel like if you knew a guy who really liked to have a finger in his butt? Like he was a straight male. Always dated women, but he just really liked to have a finger in his butt. How do you feel about that? Without naming names, I think I have two friends that brag about, or have bragged about it, I should say. Bragged about how they like it or just bragged about how yeah. it's been done to them? About how they like it. How do you feel about I, that? Does it change your... I, I, it's a no-fly zone for me. I mean, I don't, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want anyone stinking, sticking their finger up my bum. Who does, really? If you think about it, it's actually quite disgusting. Yeah, but apparently a lot of people like it. I don't know why you're living in the 18th century. <laughs> Let's see what you have a problem with it. I've never you know, we, we, I've never had it done. Uh, I don't know if it's ever going to happen to me now that I'm a married man. But <laughs> I, like, if it happened, I don't know if I would necessarily be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, if I didn't like it, that'd be one thing, but... I mean, we kind of discussed this, uh, I don't know, a couple podcasts ago, that, I mean, I can't get off my back when I'm in bed, so good luck getting me to stand up or anything. What do you mean? You, what? I mean, I, I'm such a mess that I just, I, I can't, you know, I just lay on my back. Don't expect me to do anything else. I don't, I, I want to ask, can you, can you even, are you too big to even get on top? Oh, yeah. It's like a polar bear and a muskrat. It's terrible. I feel like for the sake of our marriages, we should move on quickly. <laughs> Just for the record, I I don't think I'm that big yet for anyone who has no idea what I look like, but I'm, I'm working on it. No, he's pretty big. All right, let's hear these <laughs> questions. You built them up pretty high. <laughs> All right, uh, so the first one, this one's in your wheelhouse, so hopefully we get a good response. But uh, choose one. You have to be a Sith or a Jedi. Oh, Sith. It's always funner to be the bad guy. Good guy is just boring. Really? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think being a good guy is, is better. You're almost guaranteed that, you know, if you're like the good guy to at least survive. It's boring, though, man. It'd be so much funner. I always root for the bad guys in movies. Always. They're always much more interesting. Like, the good guy, he's just a good guy, and he's going to try to do good things. The bad guy's just, like, the bad guy's so much better. All right. Uh, second thing, uh, the Impossible Burger or a regular burger? What don't are know. you ordering? Don't know what the difference is. Well, an Impossible Burger, most of them are made with like plants. There is no, there is no beef. There is no meat. And then obviously a regular hamburger is made with hamburger meat. So basically a burger with no meat, even though they still label it as a burger, or a regular burger. What's the cost? Uh, the, the, I'm going to have to get a research de- department on that. Let's say the Impossible Burger is six ninety nine, and a regular burger, you can you know get one off the dollar menu. Oh, well, then I'm going dollar mem- menu. I'm, I'm going cheaper. I could care less about anything else. doesn't matter. You're trying to touch 200. You don't give a shit about calories. I could care less. Which one um, are you going to do? I feel like you have a preconceived agenda that you want to go on a big rant about meat. I'm not one to talk, uh, but I, I don't... I understand the Impossible Burgers and all the substitutes for meat and all that stuff, but like, it, if you want a burger, just eat a burger. They're not that bad for you if you have one every couple of weeks. I mean, number one, that's not what it's about. It's about the fact that cows contribute a significant amount to greenhouse gases and to climate change and global warming. That's what it's about. It's not about health. No one cares about that. Well, that, I, I, I don't. I don't dispute what you're saying. Um, I didn't really want to go into the whole climate change and all that garbage that's that's going to be happening, especially with Monday and Wednesday, Monday through Wednesday there being the UN, you know, meeting on uh, on climate change and all that. But uh, we can talk about you know that if you want. No, I I don't at all. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, you have to have a candlelight dinner with one of these two people. Okay, Sean Spicer or Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> Sean Spicer. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I, I think he's actually probably 
not as big of a douche as well. I, I almost think he might have been halfway of an honest person, and that's why he only lasted whatever he lasted. Look, why are you going so super politics right now on this? Going into the UN Climate Change Summit, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and all this stuff. What's going on? Are well, you, you're you, the one who took the you're the one who took the burger talk political. I that's I'm not political. That's that, just facts about it, right? It's more about the idea of climate change and stuff like that than it is about that, healthiness. But that, that's not the angle I was taking. You're the one who chose to bring that into the conversation. I had to correct you. Uh, you didn't have to though. There's two arguments. You could have just that, let me be wrong. Just let me be wrong about it and leave me alone. Look, I don't want to get into all this politics stuff. Let's go to your next thing. My my next thing is uh, the, the social media. I, I want to give myself a shout out because even though I don't know how I lost the math, our, the people who listen to us apparently aren't very smart. No, you're just your polls are crappy. No, they're not. My top five mascots by far were better than anything you could have. You don't even know half the mascots you picked. Yeah, but I picked the better ones, clearly. Don't get mad at the people. You put your opinions out in front of the people, and they said that you were wrong. Well, you know what? My number one, at least, is is a fan of mine now. T-Rack, the Tennessee Titans mascot, which happens to be a raccoon, which is kind of badass, Yeah, but tweeted back at us. It's kind of cool. Um, I'll give you that. So shout out to T Rack. You know, I don't know. I still don't know how I lost. I I literally looked back at the numbers uh, this morning, and I was like, "How did I lose?" But either way, that I'm not bitter about it. Um, no, I can tell. How long do I you mean, think you could survive not talking to anyone other than my family? No, no one. You get to talk to no one. Oh, f- survive? I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, I. I say that I could do it, but like you kind of just said, if it was to actually happen, I probably couldn't do it. Yeah, I think that – I don't think most people would go more than a week before they started to kind of lose it. <laughs> just fucking – just going bonkers. Yeah, like imagine – okay, imagine there was something that happened and you got stuck in like a bubble where you could go about your day and do everything normally, but you couldn't talk to other people. Like they wouldn't acknowledge conversation. You could get your work done and all that kind of stuff, but you couldn't have a legitimate conversation with anybody. How long do you think you would last? Could I like inflict physical damage upon them? You could, but then you wouldn't be able to explain yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'd be okay. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think it'd be an interesting. I'm sure they've done studies. I'm sure, I, I think it'd be inter- an interesting thing to try to do for even a day. Like, not to talk to anybody. I don't think you could do it. I don't think you could do it in a social setting. I think if they put you in, like, an isolated environment, like out in the mountains, I think you could last for a while. But you couldn't, like, live in a big city and do it. I think people would go crazy. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you on that, I guess. Okay. Do you have anything else? No, let's let's move on to our top. I'm curious to know what you put on your top five this week. I'm, I'm a little bit into it. It's kind of a... a, a all over the place. I do want to ask you this question. See if you can explain this to me. All right. Oh, so boy. vampires are allergic to sunlight, correct? Uh, I don't know if allergic is the proper term, but yeah, they're, they do not like the sun. Okay. So, but they can go outside at night, correct? Yes. But if moonlight is just reflected sunlight, why can vampires go outside at night? Because it's still the same light source. I'm not- I, I can't explain. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. What do you think about that? Because I really haven't thought too much about it, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I mean, don't they? Uh, I mean, in Blade, they wore sunglasses to protect themselves, and it worked. That was not true. That was just Blade who wore sunglasses. No, the the other vampires they wore because they put they light somebody. Uh, they put makeup somebody. on. They had sunscreen on. It's not the same thing as just putting a – you're leaving that part out entirely. They didn't just put on sunglasses and go outside. They put on a lot of sunscreen and sunglasses and then they went outside. It has nothing to do with the sunglasses. You're not, you're not, you're not going to let me tell you a factual point of the movie. So let's just move on. Let's hear it. There is a part where they set like the old head vampire on fire as the morning sun's coming up and all they have on are sunglasses. That is not true. That is not true. They also had on a bunch of sunscreen. <laughs> I, 
I'm not. I mean, I, I, I don't think I don't remember them ever putting on like them showing the vampires putting on sunscreen. Yeah, but you could clearly see it. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna look this up right now. Uh, you could. What do you mean you could clearly see it? That so you don't even know. You're assuming. No, I just remember it. I'm looking this up. Stand by. That, what would you glue Google this as? Blade. <laughs> oh, Dragonot. Is his name Dragonati? Yeah. Is it really? God, you're a loser. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's all this was was about was just so you could call me a loser. No, I'm watching the first part of it. It's probably going to come up with an ad. Okay, they're going outside. It's not super. It's not really. It's like it's like dusk or twilight. Yeah, the sun's about to come up. Yeah. Okay. They got Dragonati out there. <laughs> they, none of them. None of them have sunglasses on. Not a single one of them has sunglasses. They will, though. Give it some time. I'm sorry. They they put on biker helmets. Well, it's completely different. (laughs) I mean, not really, but whatever. A biker helmet is... No, a biker helmet is completely different. Oh, they're pulling his teeth out. That's rude. Poor Dragonati. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on. No, I want to find out what happens. Oh, he's burning up. Yeah, dude, number one, they clearly have on a ton of sunscreen, and they have on biker helmets. So that completely... Sunscreen! They're dressed in all black. They're completely pale. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with having sunglasses on. You can never admit when you're wrong. Because I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. You said that basically them having on sunglasses is what kept them from burning up, and that is not true in any way. They didn't have sunglasses on. They had on they had on full leather outfits and a biker hel- helmet. I'm done. I'm done arguing with you. But let's move on to our top five. Oh, let me tell you what the top five is. Okay, so the top five. <laughs> the top five, if I'm correct in this, and I hope we got. I hope we're on the same base with this. Is the top five things you have to do but hate doing. What's your number five? Uh, being friendly to your neighbors. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, I'm not saying that this applies to my current situation because I actually have pretty good neighbors. But I think we've all been in that situation where, you know, you just have neighbors that you don't you don't like want to say you don't even want to talk to. But you're outside. They're outside. You make weird eye contact. You know, you have to say hello when you don't really want to. I would agree with that one. I wouldn't put it on my top five because I feel like it doesn't really happen that much. Like you really mm-hmm. don't make eye contact with your neighbors on a weekly basis, so I couldn't put it in there. My number five is uh, caring for my children. <laughs> okay, uh, that that didn't make it on my top five. But how does uh, that not make it on your top five? That's one of the things that like it's if you don't have kids, that's awful at some point, right? I'm talking about stuff like. Wiping their butt, changing their diaper, brushing their teeth. Like that stuff is just like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> it's not enough for me to put it in my top five. Well, then you're not spending enough time with your children. <laughs> well, that's, I don't think that's fair to say. But, anyways, uh, my number four is having to renew your driver's license tabs. <laughs> you need that's to live. like, hey, happy birthday. Here's a $200 bill. You need to live in Arizona. Where you do it once every 50 years. Uh, yeah, well, in Michigan, it's every year, and it's at least $150. It's, at least. Yeah, but it's not that difficult, right? It's not harder than caring for your kids. It, the, the, this list is just things that we have to do that we don't want to, and you have to renew your tabs, and that's I, I, I don't want to do it, but I have to. I used to have – I was living in Arizona, and I had motorcycle tags, and I had a car tag. And I had renewed one of them and not the other and got pulled over with no registration, a driver's license from a different state. And I had switched the tags and put the motorcycle tag on the car tag. Oh, <laughs> they know. You're not fooling anybody. They know. Oh, of course they know. I tried to play stupid. And he was like, he was one of those things where like, I don't believe you at all, but I can't prove that you're lying to me. So just go about your day, sir. Wow, well, you got lucky then. I did. Uh, my number four is getting out of bed on Sundays. I understand that, but I mean, I think once you have, like, like you said earlier about your number five, I think number four applies to, I mean, you have kids or like I've worked Sundays. I mean, does that, that doesn't matter to me really. Okay, what's your number three? 
Uh, picking up after my animals. Ooh, that's pretty good. Like, I don't want to fucking clean my cat's litter, but I, I fucking have to. I don't want to clean up my dog shit, but I have to. I forgot. I forgot that you have a cat. <laughs> cats are the worst, man. Like, she'll just sit there on the fucking windowsill and just, like, stare at me cleaning out her shit box. Mm, she doesn't respect you. She doesn't give a shit. Not literally. at all. Um, when you clean up your dog shit, though, what are you doing? You going out there with a plastic bag? You got a shovel? What do you got? Yeah, I got a shovel and like this little plastic rake because my dog's a big dog, so he takes gigantic shits. How often are you going out and cleaning it up? Well, our garbage day is on Thursdays, uh, or I'm sorry, Friday morning, so I go out there Thursday nights usually. Okay, that's a good strategy. I like it. Um, <laughs> are we on number three? Yeah, you're. Yep. My number three is drinking water. That's a good. You know what? I thought about that one, but I, I didn't put it on there. That's a good one. I thought you, I didn't know how you were going to react to that one because it is a pain in the ass. Like I generally don't want to drink water. I, I I think a lot of people will feel the same way you do, and they don't. <laughs> okay. Then you're not hydrated. Now you got to be hydrated. Uh, what's your number two? I have uh, paid paying taxes. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of going the easy route with a lot of these, and I don't feel like ultimately that you've gotten to the the true core of what we're talking about because those are things that like you don't have to do them enough, right? You got to pay no. taxes once a year. It's really not that big of a deal. But our list was things you have to do that you don't want to. I don't want. No one wants to pay taxes. Well, no one wants to die either. But you don't have that on your list, do you? I mean, that's something you have to do, but you don't want to do. But it only happens once. It's not that big of a but deal. I mean, but it happens once. But taxes happen twice a year, and they're thousands of dollars. That's not true. Taxes don't happen twice a year. What are you doing? Winter and summer taxes, you don't have to pay both? N- no. What are you doing? <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure everyone has to pay winter and summer taxes. No. What you, don't, you, you don't get two bills for uh, the winter and summer taxes? Yeah, that's only one tax bill. You're just splitting it in half. Right. Well, I mean, I guess some people are different. Either way, when you pay taxes, whenever it is from January to April, that's bullshit. Okay, you're talking about the overall taxes. I don't know. Like, Are you paying double taxes and you don't know it? No, no, no. I'm... My, my my thing is paying taxes, the big tax bill you get, whatever, uh, between January and, and April. You're talking about your you're talking about your overall taxes. The twice yeah, a like year your, that you're like your federal taxes. Okay, all right. Let's talk about federal taxes then. Because that's yeah. gonna be interesting to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no nobody I mean, no one wants to. I mean I understand I understand having to do it. Like nobody like I, I don't want to you know no one wants to pay taxes when we already pay so much as it is for everything else. Man, you are going off on off on the system this whole episode. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mean to, but I, I guess looking back, I am. Yeah. Remember when we ha- remember we talked about like qualities you didn't like, and you had a full on emotional breakdown for like twenty minutes. <laughs> is this similar? <laughs> a little bit. We learned all about your life and how much you hated the Ferris wheel or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that thing, man. <laughs> Screw those Ferris wheels. Uh, are we on number two? Am I on number two? Yeah, we're on your number two. Going to the dentist. See, that? that's an honorable mention for me. Uh, and true story, uh, I, I didn't go to the dentist from like age nine to 20-something. How'd that work out for you? Not bad, actually. Mm. Not too t- No, here's what doesn't make any sense. And we'll have to ask Mama or Papa Shell about this. I didn't go to the dentist, but I went to the ortho the orthodontist or whatever it's called. I got braces, orthodontist. I got braces, but I never went to the dentist. I don't understand how that worked, but it worked. I have a hard time believing that, like, okay, you go to the orthodontist and you have a big dental issue. Like, he's just not going to notice at all. I'm just not going to do anything. Like, sorry, right, buddy. I, I know your leg is broken, but I'm a foot doctor, so I'm not going to not going to help you out at all. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you come from a medical family. I, feel, I mean, it's probably true. I I understand the area of expertise, but I would assume that, like, if he noticed a big problem, he probably would have said something. I mean, like, I, I walk in there to the doctor, and he doesn't go, hey, you're 110 pounds overweight, fatty. How are you doing? 
<laughs> what if he did? Would that motive <laughs> would that motivate you or dis- or discourage you? I'm pretty sure I stopped going to a doctor because he weight shamed me once. True story. How did he weight shame you though? Did he simply just tell you basic facts like literally your height and weight and you felt hurt so, by that? So I was I was younger. So I th- this is all recollected from my mother's point of view. But apparently when I was like 8 or 9 a doctor told my mother that she should stop, you know, feeding your kids so much McDonald's. Yeah, I mean that seems like good <laughs> medical advice. <laughs> I mean, listen. So we never went back to that doctor, I don't think. That's a good that's that's a good way. I like that. That's that probably had no <laughs> larger effects on you and your eating habits later on in life in any way. Always just ignore the problem, don't address it. <laughs> well, you know, I that's why I only have Taco Bell four times a week instead of every day. <laughs> Could you imagine though the parent that's like, Hmm, no more McDonald's starting to go to Burger King instead? Like they thought that was the problem. Oh man, I'm you know I'm I'm sure there are parents out there that just you know say I you know this guy doesn't or this guy or woman doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, on to Burger King, on to Arby's. I could see it. Well, Arby's, I don't know about Arby's. Long John Silver's is the place that people should be going. It's healthy. It's fast. It's affordable. It's just a great place. <laughs> are they paying you again? Because that sounded like a paid advertisement. No comment. Um, what's your number one? God damn it. Um, I mean, it's pretty boring. I know what you're going to say, but uh, I have household chores. Okay. I understand like, that a little bit. Like I don't dusting, I... cleaning the counters, what laundry dishes. Can you please, for the sake of the seven people that listen to this podcast, will you please get video of you dusting something and put it up somewhere? I want to actually see it. You, know, you would be surprised. I actually I do I do a decent amount of cleaning, believe it or not. I'm asking about sure. dusting specifically, though. Why? What's what's so what's so different about dusting? Because I just feel like you're knocking a lot of shit over. <laughs> I didn't say I was gracious about it. What do you do when you're dusting? Are you going with a little wand thing? No, I'm. Well, I mean, it depends on what I'm dusting, but I mean, like, if, if you're doing like a. I don't know, like an end table. You're taking everything off and out of the out of the table. Okay. You're wiping it down. You're cleaning it. You're putting everything back. Are, when you're cleaning something, are you going full on cleaning it, or are you going to like leave things on the table, leave something on the floor, and just vacuum around it, or are you going to pick that thing up and actually really get after it? Uh, I mean, that depends on how much time I have and how ambitious I'm feeling. Okay, I agree with that. I do the same thing. Like if I'm really going after it, I'm going to get underneath it. Um, my number one is going to work. See, I thought about that, but I I don't know. I, I don't I don't mind like going to work. I guess. I mean, I think if as humans we didn't have a if we didn't have a purpose like that. You know, what would we be doing with our life? I would agree with that. I mean, I think that that's a big kind of question. I've had to wait out contracts and been unemployed for three months, and you do kind of go insane. Like, you need to have something to do. Work does kind of give you a value, but I think that if you could find value in something else, nobody would want to go to work. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that, and I, I think a lot of people put too much value into their job when no one else gives a shit. I agree with that. I mean, pretty much everybody, if you're not the boss or not directly making money off of what the company is doing, I don't think people really care about any job. I agree and disagree with that. I mean, I, you know, I think it all depends. I, I think it does depend where, what you're doing. And, and like, you know, if you're Jeff Bezos, of Bezos, course, but by the way, Bezos, is, is it Bezos? I think so. All right. Well, but I mean, no one, I mean, no one knows who his, you know, third, fourth, and fifth people are. You know what I mean? Like, no one gives a shit. Okay, but give me answer me this question. If people could be paid the same amount of money, if there was some kind of a system that was set up and people were paid the same amount of money but didn't actually have to show up to work, what percentage of people don't show up to work? <laughs> so, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about, like, if everyone was just paid the same and they didn't have to show up, right? Yeah, not everyone gets paid the same amount of money it's in terms of the whole world, but you make the same amount of money as you were making at your job, but you don't have to show up. And look, I'm not talking about a couple of days. 
Like how many people a month later are not showing up? I would say at least 70 to 80% of those people. I was going to go higher. I was going to go 90%. I think a lot of people are creatures of habit. And like if they didn't have that routine every day of going to work, they would be lost. I would agree with that. But I think that you would also find something to fill the void. I think that a lot of people have very dull lives and work is work is like their motivating factor to do things every day. Well, I think it's it's impressive to think of how much people would go crazy if they weren't working. Anyway, <laughs> this isn't interesting at all. What's in your top five? What's, what's in your honorable mention? <laughs> I, th- I thought it was. Um, I don't like to have legitimate conversations on this. I want to talk about stupid <laughs> shit like vampires and sunlight. So I had going to the dentist on there. I had going to the doctor as well. Like, no one wants to go to the doctor ever. Um, I I had waking up early, but obviously that only applies to people who don't have children or really any kind of responsibility, I would think. Um, And uh, I I did put, like, cleaning up after my kid, like, but I put changing their diaper. That's really it. Like, I don't mind anything else. Yeah, I would agree. As you know, I don't really do honorable mentions. I feel like it either makes the cut or it doesn't. Stuff that, <laughs> one, two things, though, that I would put up there that I just hate doing, going to the grocery store and changing a trash bag. I hate take. I don't mind taking out the trash. I hate putting in the trash bag afterwards. Uh, I, I, I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind doing any of those things, I guess. Okay. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. It really helps us out. We love getting all those comments from you guys, especially with the cereals. A lot of people kind of upset that we didn't include Golden Grams in there. But to me, Golden Grams, it's just a cheap cinnamon toast crunch. right? It's just a knockoff. Why have Golden Grams when you can have cinnamon toast crunch? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.